I graduated my first year of my master's. Hells I didn't yeah. graduate. I just finished. I turned in my last assignment, and I'm. I'm so done proud of you. I am for two and a half weeks. Congratulations! Wow, what a joy! I feel like I'm doing. I feel like I'm doing the thing with you. You know. I'm getting myself pumped up for this because I want to be high energy for this fucking horrible episode. But listen, okay, so a couple things. Yes, please. I would love that. I finished grad school, my first year of grad school today, which is so exciting. And I turned in a paper and I was like, I'm going to turn it. It was due at midnight. But I was like, I'm going to turn it in at 8 p.m. no matter how I feel about it. But I turned it in at 7.15 and I didn't feel that good about it, but I still turned it in. I was so proud of you. I saw you tweet about it and I'm like, oh my goodness, they finished early. I was not expecting this outcome. (laughs) I literally finished early so that way I could rewatch these two episodes. Why would you do this to yourself? (laughs) That's more work than doing your paper, I would think. And I'm I'm house sitting right now for a family. Wait, are you in their house? No, I'm in my. You can see me. This I is the same background. You think I know what you? Didn't you? There's some different pictures, maybe. Um. Is that the but, Eiffel Tower? No, it is um the Washington Monument with like all of the stops on one line of the metro. Friend of the pod, Claire made it. Okay, listen. Um, is Claire a friend of the pod? She listened to the first episode. I haven't seen any reviews. <laughs> so here's the thing. In here's my mind, thing. we have one friend of the pod right now. Yeah, and that is Grace. We love Grace. Okay, so Jesse, I'm trying to tell you this fucking story. And I'm trying so I'm to house derail. Sitting. I'm house sitting for this family, but it's not just like, oh, stop in every two days and like give this cat food. Because one of the cats has diabetes. Oh my goodness, not diabetes. <laughs> so I have to go... At 8 in the morning and 8 at night to give him his insulin shot. Is he a little bitch about it? Because my dad is with his diabetes. (laughs) Such a horrible thing to say. I'm joking. Um, (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) No. um, He's super cool about it. I like put food in the bowl and he like has like a pavlovian response. He comes down, he like eats some food and I give him the shot. Oh, maybe I'll try that tactic next time. (laughs) so the thing is is that these two cats look identical so it's always a gamble i'm like am i giving the right cat oh my goodness you're on a de armacing in knives out i know it is very knives out but i am giving the right cat the medicine because neither of them have died yet so i don't think insulin kills you Lack of insulin might. No, if you have too much insulin, it can definitely kill you. I know nothing. Leave the part where I call my father a bitch. Cut the part <laughs> where you don't laugh at my joke. Let's get those priorities in order right now. So here's the thing. I always get scared that I'm going to prick myself <gasps> with the syringe oh. and inject the cat's insulin into me. And so today I was on my, on the phone with my mom and I was like, mom, I'm always scared that I'm going to like give accidentally shoot myself with the insulin. And then like, I'm going to die and they're going to like come home and their cat's going to be dead. And then also I'm going to be dead. (laughs) And they run over. They're like, what happened to the cat? (laughs) And my mom was like, how much insulin are you giving this cat? And I was like, it's five units. And she was like, so it's five milliliters of insulin. 
of cat insulin, <laughs> which is less concentrated than human insulin. If you shot yourself with that, you might need to drink a soda. It's <laughs> like, okay. Wait, what does insulin do? Why would you need to drink a soda? Because insulin, like... Absorbs uh, sugar? It increases your, like, metabolic rate, and so your body uses up more sugar. One, two, three, four, go! Falling in love is such an easy thing to do. Let's can do it. Let's can do it. Let's stop talking. Let's get to it. Let's fall in love. Do we think that my neighbors think that I am okay? Because no. they probably just hear me shouting in here to myself multiple times per week. Well, I will say my roommate was making dinner tonight, which he gave me some of. It was ugh, delicious. Fantastic. A beautiful spaghetti. Um, but anyway, he was making dinner while I was watching one of the episodes for today. And I shouted. I audibly screamed. And we'll get to that when we get to that point. Um, and he didn't say a word, bless his heart. <laughs> so He's I think this podcast has turned our friends and neighbors against us is what I'm saying. Also, never mind. I'm not going to tell that story. It incriminates me with something. Listen, I may or may not have hit my apartment building with my car. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> That's actually, like, like, a really brave and revolutionary thing that you did. Like, you really just stuck it to the landlord, I'm guessing. (laughs) It was last year. Um, Nothing happened. There's security cameras outside, so they probably could have, you know, seen me hit the... They watched it, they laughed, and then they said, we're not getting paid enough to deal with this. (laughs) It cracked my bumper in half, and then I drove with, like, half a bumper. Oh, it sounds like... The apartment should be apologizing to you. It sounds like that's your proof that you were wronged. Guys, I'm gay. I'm actually a really good driver. I just suck at parking. People who say that they're good at parallel parking are and liars. have a camera on their car. Oh, that's fake. It doesn't count. No, you're not good at parallel parking. You're good at looking at a camera. <laughs> Jesse. I didn't get to say my driving story. I literally was about to ask you. Oh my god. Okay, well, pretend that I didn't say anything. Let's do it. Go again. Go back from Jesse. Jesse, mm-hmm. I want to hear your driving story. Oh my goodness. That's so crazy that you brought it up because I was just thinking. My first inkling that I might be gay happened when I was 16 and I needed to go to youth group and my brother was home from college and he'd parked me in. And I was in my little red truck and I was like, well, I gotta get out of here. The Jeep was behind my garage door and I simply needed to get out and I simply could not be bothered to ask my brother to move his <laughs> Jeep or to just grab the keys and move it myself. So, we have a three-car garage. I was in the far right one. There was no one in the middle one, and the left one was all junk. So I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open the middle garage door. So I opened the middle garage door, and I said to myself, I'm not going to back this bitch out. I'm going to turn it around (laughs) in the garage and drive out straight. So I I do this, and... Probably three quarters of the way through, I realized this is a very bad idea. (laughs) And at that point, it's too late to stop. I'm fully horizontal where I was vertical. Um, I am facing the junk in the left side. And I'm starting to panic because I'm realizing I don't have enough room to finish my turn. So I line it up. I see my shot. Okay. (laughs) 
I'm looking. I can see the driveway calling to me. I can hear a church youth group humming my name. I can hear those sweet hallelujahs. I line up my shot. I'm slightly tilted towards the door. And I'm like, we're going. This is my last chance. I can't wiggle myself any further. I'm very close. I cannot open my door right now. I am too close to my own garage door. So I, I hit the I hit the little I hit my little gas pedal. I move forward. Um the first thing I do is clip off my side mirror. It goes flying. I start to panic. I go a little faster. I hear a hideous scraping noise as the side of the garage door starts pressing in on the metal of my driver's side door. And I say, Jesus, I need you to help me right now. I press the gas harder. I keep going. I rip half of that garage door off. And I leave a giant dent and a bunch of scratches in my truck. But guess what, baby? I'm out. I did it. I succeeded in my goal. I then called my parents 15 times while (laughs) sobbing. (laughs) Because I still don't know what had possessed me to try to turn this truck around inside the garage. And I know how it's going to sound the second they ask what happened. They are fully at a funeral during this, so they're not answering. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) They get finished with the line. They call me back, and they're like, Jesse, what happened? You called, like, 20 times. And I said, (laughs) I was going to get the And they're like, are you, are you, where are you? Did you go to youth group? I said, no, I didn't have Where are you? I'm at home. They're like, okay, well, we're just leaving the funeral home. We'll be there in a few minutes, okay? Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. And then they come home and they they see the carnage, the remains of this garage door and the, you know, the shattered exoskeleton of my truck. My father's truck, not even my truck. It is a work vehicle. Okay. Um According to insurance, I'm sure I got sideswiped. <laughs> so that was um the first was stupid thing I did home? that year. My brother was home watching television the whole time. You know he was home. And you know did he did he... not lift a finger to help. He did not know what happened until we returned into the home. And he's like, oh, didn't you go? So really, it was his fault, if you think about it. If he hadn't parked me in, none of this would have happened. So yeah, that was the the first automobile incident I had that year. The first of three. I'm like fully crying. That's so funny. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I was 16, okay? I had just gotten my license and I had the hubris of a god. I want to hear your story. Then we should probably get into episode 18, Making Up is Hard to Do. The thing is, we could probably just tell stories back and forth and it would be more entertaining than this episode. <laughs> it's true. I'm sorry. If you're like a big uh, Secret Life of the American Teenager season one, episode 18 stan, this is not the podcast for you today, okay? <laughs> We'll get back to like appreciating things a different day. This episode, yeah, like was... episode nineteen. Holy shit! Money for nothing, chicks for free. Am I right? I cannot wait to get to that one. That's all I'll okay. say. But moving on. Okay. Um, my second story. Um, this one happened maybe a month after that first story. Okay. Um, I'm in the famous. Jesse, how much did your insurance cost every month? I don't want to talk about it. Do you think I was paying for that shit? Okay. Um. 
Okay. I was 16 years old. This was my time to make mistakes. This was my time uh, to learn and grow. I'm ready. Um. So I was driving the aforementioned Jeep that had caused all the issues last time because it was parked in front of my spot. Um, trust. And it was a work situation okay i needed to go get some paint and bring it to a job site i didn't know where the fuck this job site was first of all okay it was in the middle of nowhere beautiful house beautiful people in the house the color was really nice it was this nice like orangey red it was gonna look really rustic really just Mm, i love that good taste in colors and you know what the color is one that i would be familiar with for the rest of my life so I go to my local paint company, okay? I pick up the paint. Everything's going great. I don't have a GPS at this point. I don't have a smartphone. I have a handwritten set of directions. Okay, so I'm following my directions, and I have to follow them backwards now because I wrote the directions how to get there. I did not write the directions how to get back. Okay. So I'm driving, and all of a sudden I'm very confused. Okay, because I told you this worksite is in the middle of nowhere. I don't know where I am. There's, You're also gay. Like I'm also so gay. I don't have. And again, last story was like a little inkling of perhaps maybe I'm a homosexual, and this story really just drove it home with like a mallet and a hammer, um, both of them because I'm gay and think that those are two things that you use simultaneously. Um, <laughs> So anyway, I'm driving back to the work site. I'm starting to panic because I think I made a wrong turn somewhere. I have no idea where I am. I'm trying to speed back so I don't get yelled at for taking too long. I'm looking down at my instructions. I'm confused. All of a sudden, I look up. I'm going maybe 55, maybe 45, somewhere in there. I look up, and this four-way intersection that I'm at is actually a two-way. And there's actually a stop sign. And there's actually a cornfield right in front of me. (laughs) And actually, I don't have time to stop. I slam on the brakes, but it's no use. The momentum has carried me so far forward. And this is, you know, this isn't just any little cornfield off the road. This is a cornfield that's a little bit below the road, okay? There's a little hill that goes on it. So I'm slamming on my brakes. I'm trying to swerve, but then I think, you know what? Swerving's not going to do me any good here. I hit it straight on. I go over the hill. I, My wheels leave you- the ground for a moment. I land hard i hear i feel like i hear my feet touch the ground as i'm you know recoiling from the shocks i slam on the brakes again finally and i'm finally able to stop i've plowed over some some of the crops i'm scared i am i don't know what to do i am shocked i am in awe so i step out of the car and like my legs are a little shaky this beautiful this like orangey red color is on my hands and on the back of the jeep because you know it was an open trunk part you know it wasn't a trunk it's like a hatchback sort of deal with like oh no so the paint has flown everywhere okay wait was the paint not covered the paint was covered you're underestimating the force of this impact okay (laughs) god so i get out and there's like paint all over my hands it looks like i'm bleeding profusely i'm sure and I'm just trying to figure out what to do. And all of a sudden, this little old lady comes trotting from across the street. Oh, I thought you were going to say from the cornfield. Yes, I hit this little old lady. No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She comes trotting out. And I'm like, oh, someone who can tell me what to do. And she opens her sweet little old mouth and she yells, (laughs) You better be calling the fucking cops or I will. And I'm just so scared. I am terrified. I don't know what to do. I just kind of blubber a little bit, and then she sees the quote-unquote blood on my hands, and then she's like, 
I guess I'll do it. Um, so I'm here with this very hostile old lady who is very angry at me, okay? She does not like me. She does not want to see me. Was it her, her cornfield? I don't know. She lived across from it. Um, but then two other people, this uh, middle-aged man and his son, who I must say bears a striking resemblance to Joe from The Secret Life of the American Teenager Ooh. and has a similar demeanor, you know, like... He means very well, but the dad comes out and he brings me like a folding chair and he's like, bud, you might need to sit down. So then I do. And like he he goes and like calms the little old lady down and she's already called the police. There's no calming her down. She is upset. But like he at least gets her to stop screaming at me. And this kid, this Joe type will say um, he's trying to make me feel better. He's like, you know, it just it could have been so much worse, you know? Like, imagine, like, there's that there's that light pole right there. You could have run right into that, and you'd probably be dead. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that would be worse. And he's like, yeah, and, like, imagine if someone just, like, happened to be walking there, and you hit them. Like, that would have been so much worse. And I was like, yeah. And it's like, and, 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 like, if a car was coming, like, oh, you got, you're so lucky it wasn't worse. And I was not feeling lucky that it wasn't worse, personally. Yeah. No, I And, like, he's doing not. his best to try to, like, calm me down because I'm still in hysterics. I haven't even gotten a hold of my father yet. He starts calling me when the police show up for questioning. And I'm <laughs> unable to answer. And just, it's, it's a whole thing. I end up getting hit with um, a hefty ticket for unattentive driving. Um, the lady comes around in my point of view because she comes up to me and she's like... Eh. I'm sorry I yelled, but you know, it's just, people don't, they're always on their phones. And I'm like, I wasn't though. I was looking at a sheet of paper. She was the perpetuator. She scared she me so much. She actually, she's like, I've hit like seven people just this month. And the fact that you're, you know, closing in on my turf is bullshit, frankly. Um, oh, oh my God. So, yeah. Did your, did your parents continue to let you drive? Oh, for sure. I drove back to the work site after that. I'm pretty sure. Oh. No, maybe not. Do they still have that Jeep? How did they get the paint out? Um, that was part of my... They felt that I'd suffered enough and, like, having to pay for that ticket. But they also... I had to take a scraper and, like, scrape dried paint off. Um, we had that Jeep until two years ago when it was finally sold. Oh, I thought you were going to say when I totaled. No, I did not. I have not had... There was one more incident after that, and I have not had an issue since, okay? Oh, my God. But that is why, that is what led to, I once had a Twitter thread about why gay people shouldn't be allowed, why you should have to disclose that information to the DNR. Um, (laughs) To the DMV? No, the DNR. Do not resuscitate? No, that's like the... Department of Natural Resources. I meant the DMV. Okay. Oh, okay. I just okay, didn't okay, want to okay, feel okay. foolish on my own podcast, but whatever. I guess that seals broken. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my yeah, god. So that's that's my traumatic first three months behind the wheel. Everyone sucks at driving, except for me. I am a perfect person. Mm. I love that song, by the way. Oh my god. Okay. Great stories all around. We should get into this episode. I'm Aaron. But what are we doing here? I'm Aaron. I'm Jesse. And this is Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. We are recapping episode 18, Making Up is Hard to Do. 
I actually don't want to recap this episode because it sucked. I just watched it again for the second time willingly. I'm so sorry. What's wrong Yeah, with I me? don't know what... You said you wanted to watch it again, and I almost... It's been like a week since I watched it and took notes on I it. I considered so. calling for like a wellness check on you from someone. <laughs> um, it. I did have therapy today, so... Oh, so you were beefed up. But I will say like this one... This show I do love in so many ways. It's wild. This episode was so deeply unneeded and boring to me was did you feel the same like i didn't feel like anything really happened there are little things that are like good but other like we don't get an adrian grace fight in this episode that's the thing you can't you can't give me one of the most iconic episodes i've ever seen on television give me a boring as hell one and then give me another one of the most iconic episodes I've ever seen on television. I know. But they keep doing this where they use up all their good ideas on one episode and the next one they're like, well, I guess we got to advance this somehow. And the answer is simply shorter seasons. I'm begging you. Honestly, ABC family needs to understand it. They take a break in the middle of the season anyway. Just make the seasons 13 episodes. Well, that's the thing. Like, and that's what people want these days. If I look at a television show and I see it has 20 se- or 20 episode seasons, I skip it. I don't have that I kind know. of time investment. So therapy with Ricky, this is how we open. Yeah, Ricky has um, gone back to his therapist that Yeah, he just hasn't been in therapy. Which this whole time. Like, I think he should have gone to a different therapist potentially, and I think he still maybe should go to a different therapist cuz like, you know, things are weird. Yeah. Also, I, yeah. his therapy kind of like, or his therapy, his therapist, kind of like tries to pissed. guilt him for not coming back to him. And it's like, buddy, it's your fault. You burst into his school and revealed to everyone that he's in therapy, kind of. I know. Also, yeah, like he hasn't been in therapy this whole time. Literally had a crisis because his father came back. And his therapist is just like, you didn't come see me about that? It's like... This is not on Ricky. Like, maybe do some self-reflection. Maybe do some self-therapy. Maybe don't shit all over HIPAA next time, okay? I know. Maybe next time, don't take HIPAA around back and shoot it in the head with a gun. Yeah, it's just like a weird moment where, like, he's like, oh, you've had all these terrible things happen. Um, and you didn't even call me? Wow, that's that's weird that you would do that. Like, you were in crisis yeah. and you didn't reach out to me immediately? That. That's strange. Just because I told you you were a piece of shit who shouldn't see my daughter? (laughs) I don't understand. And I threatened to, like, beat you up? I think that happened. Yeah, he does, like, threaten him physically as well in public. and No, I think it's in private, but still. In my mind, it's in public. Anyway, okay, so he's a shitty therapist, whatever. And again, even more of a shitty therapist because he's, like... Because Ricky says, like, I'm in love, not with Adrian or Grace. I'm in love with oh Amy. God. And his therapist is immediately like, that's impossible because you don't love yourself. And it's like, where did you get your degree? Like, Tumblr University? <laughs> Honestly, the therapist asks if Ricky's in love with Adrian. And Ricky is like, no, she's in love with her brother or something. Which is, I just thought that was funny. It's so like, funny that everyone has just agreed that we're never going to put step in there. Yeah, we're just like... Yeah, and then he's immediately like, yeah, she's the one who should be in here, huh? 
and then he says something and he's like, oh, you got, you have feelings for Amy. Like you got her pregnant. And he says, at least I didn't get Lauren pregnant, which is funny. I liked that. That was good. Like he's got the jokes. Can you imagine if he got Lauren pregnant? Lauren wouldn't have been able to hang out with herself. Lauren would have gotten an abortion. She would have been fine. That's true. She would have immediately, she probably got (laughs) pregnant. We just didn't see it. It happened off screen. We'll hear about it in two seasons. Yeah. We'll hear about it in two seasons. The same way we've heard about everything that's ever happened in Hot Counselor's (laughs) life. Oh, he hasn't been on for a few episodes again. You know we're going to get a lot of info about what he's been up to in an episode or two. His therapist says that shitty line, like, you can't love someone unless you love yourself. I said, shut up, dude. (laughs) And then Ricky realized, oh, this is actually sweet. We see a breakthrough with Ricky and he realizes, he says that he realizes that he isn't his father and that, you know, he can be a good dad and that's what's changed and that he does love himself. And I was like... Oh my God. But then he immediately ruins it because he's like, you know what? Maybe I got Amy pregnant on purpose, which is shitty. Also, I don't think that's true. No, I don't like, think I that's think true he's trying to like, I don't know what he's trying to do, but I don't think that's the truth. No, he has this breakthrough and then he immediately says like all the things that the worst person on earth would say. Oh yeah. Because then, then immediately like- after he's like... <laughs> You know, I don't want the baby adopted, so I think what I'm going to do is, you know, like, I'm going to meet Donovan and Leon, and, like, I'm going to go along with it, and we're all going to have fun, they're going to like me, they're going to be really excited about it, and then, if Amy really wants to give the baby up for adoption, then I'm going to step in and say, no, bitch, and I'm going to take it for myself using my parental rights. Yeah. He's like, oh, there's these two gay men who, like, desperately want children, and society is not in a place where it will let them have them easily, and they're seeing a way that they can finally get what they want. And I'm going to say, no, I'm 15 years old and I want to be a father, dumbass. Ricky. And to to bad counselor's credit, he does say, Ricky, you literally can't do that. That's so awful. I know. He says, that is one giant step forward and two steps back. And Which I, I would say, argue. I was going to say it's one giant step forward and then like 17 smaller steps that add up to one giant step back. You know, like... It's still yeah. being an awful person, but doing it in a unique and new way. Yeah. You gotta spice things up. Yeah. Um, we have the theme break. I listened to this. Okay, never mind. I'm gonna incriminate myself further. So, oh no. What have you done? I watched this episode on my phone, and I had it playing in my car as I drove from the house I'm house sitting here. But I didn't watch it. It was like on the passenger side seat. I was just listening to the dialogue. It's like a podcast. Stop judging me. Yes, podcasts, those famously visual mediums that only look. I'm so confused, but I'm. I happy had already for you. watched this episode. Okay. I just needed a refresher. Okay. Usually, what I do it's if not I like watch I was it also and I need a refresher, notes. I read the Wikipedia page or something that's not monstrous, like that's, watching the whole I episode probably, again. I probably should have done. But then that. again, anyway. if you don't have to deal with ads, I guess it's not that big of a struggle. Yeah, hmm. it's true. Um, so I was like, and this song came on and I just like was transported to whatever the studio must have been like with Molly Ringwald recording this. Oh. And I was just like, uh Molly had a great time in this dude. I can tell you that right now. Is this theme song available to purchase or download? I could not tell you. And I also listened to the words of the song for the first time probably. And I was like, yeah, we definitely got the lyrics wrong. <laughs> How dare you? I and googled our... them even. 
Also, there is no we. You are famously incriminating <laughs> me alone and trying to make it sound better by saying we. But also, honestly, I don't listen to our theme. Like, I listen... I No, I, I listen to it. Do you know how much it. work I put into that theme? The first time you sent it to me, I did. But every time I put it into the episode now, I don't, like, listen to I it. I do. So I could be wrong. I listen to it every lyrics... time I listen to the episode and I say, wow, that is art. I mean, I listen to it. I just... Okay, leave me alone. It seems like I'm you don't sorry. appreciate all that I do for this podcast, and it's just... I love all the work that you do. Oh, you do so much more than me, so for me to complain about this <laughs> is so funny. Um, well, the thing is, it's an old song, and there's many versions of it. So, there you go. I think I I have all words that appear in the original Cole Porter song, except for, like, the weird racist ones, but I looked up the lyrics from the original song... <laughs> To, like, work on the... the And I was going to listen to some different versions to, like, get inspiration for what I could do. Um, my jaw hit the floor when I saw what the first, like, lines are. I it's basically just, like, up. saying a bunch of weird racial slurs that I didn't even know existed also fall in love. Um, we need to finish this episode. Um, how can we do this as fast as possible? Because nothing happens. I know. So we go to the Jurgens' house... George and Anne are fighting again uh, about sucks. money, about Anne getting a job. Molly's wearing a suit that... No words. It's a fine look. Is it? No. Maybe for 1973. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what is this? Working Girl starring Melanie Griffith and Harrison Ford? Um. Okay, so Donovan and Leanna are going to come over that night to talk to Ricky and Amy Mm -hmm. and Anne is like, George, can you not be here? Which seems weird. So then I think it seems perfectly normal. I would not want George anywhere near a potential adoptive couple, but I think the idea is that they get to meet Ricky without George, like interjecting every five seconds. Like, yeah, this piece of shit got my daughter (laughs) pregnant. So Ashley comes in and says that Amy's sick and not going to school. She is going to have to repeat ninth grade. 100%. And for the first time, Anne is like, she is going to have to repeat ninth grade. Because yeah. she says to Amy, like, when they finally get to her, I don't know if this is right here, but she's like, Amy, you're going to need so much time off when the baby comes. You cannot afford to be taking days off now because you're, like, a little sad, okay? Yeah. Ashley or Anne say, says something about how she's sad because of Ben. And George is like, what happened? Like, <laughs> they're like, they literally broke up like last week. You haven't noticed she's been upset for a week. And George just goes, she's been upset for months. How was I supposed to know this week was special? Which honestly, how was sick burn. Like, I know. Okay, so George gets the lowdown from Ashley, and then his suggestion is that Amy and Ben have sex. Weird. Weird, considering he was the one who didn't want Amy having sex. I know. So then Anne goes into Amy's room, and Anne's like, go to school, you fucking idiot. Um, And then they talk about how Amy is considering Ricky. And people are so mean to Ricky. Huh? In this scene? Are they? This is where Anne's like... Oh, you and Ben will work things out. And she's like, he won't return my calls. And Anne's like, well, maybe you're better off then. And then she's like, maybe I'm better with Ricky. And Anne's like, you are so much better than that piece of shit. Don't you ever say that again. (laughs) How dare you? You come into my house and say the father of your child might be the person you should date? Disgusting. Get out. I have such a soft spot for Ricky. 
Yeah, I don't know why. Don't know you why. need to harden I don't that. Know why Do I need to call upon God to harden the soft spot in your heart? That sounds very sexual. <laughs> I'm referring to the Pharaoh. Yeah, I understand. So Anne shits on Ricky and then George and then she like goes back into the kitchen and she spats with George again because George is looking she literally shits on Ricky. She literally she just... she pulls him out of the closet where she's been keeping him and she takes a massive shit on Ricky. Please cut this. Just That's disgusting. Registered. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> okay, so George is looking through Anne's purse and Anna's like, what the fuck? Get Amy to school. She leaves. Then George goes into Amy's room and is like, you need to forgive Ben because he has a penis. That's so true. And that's why he has bad behavior. (laughs) Doesn't he actually say, like, maybe it's a below the belt understanding or something? Yes. He literally, yeah. So then Amy says that Ricky likes her. And when someone likes you, you can't help but like them back. That's so true, actually. Oh. George says that's the dumbest shit he's ever heard. In in her defense, I I have never disliked someone who liked me. The number one thing I look for in a potential mate is them being interested in me first. I love that for you. Thank you. If you could find someone who has interest in me for me, I am so lonesome. Continue. Anne comes in. I thought she left, but she can't find Ashley. They're like, maybe she walked to school or whatever. Again, we've established it's five miles to school. Well, she walks the bus, apparently. Oh, okay, whatever. But it's hard for... Amy to think about the adoption. I understand that. I I get that. that. It's emotional. And then she's like, can I just stay home? And he's like, meh, it's one day, whatever. He's annoying. Ashley's at the bus stop. Where do they live? Mike Pence is California. I don't understand the geography of this town. I would like to see a map, Brenda Hampton. Well, they have to like drive to the bus stop, but Ashley can just walk there with no problem. It's fine. Oh, George lets Amy stay home from school, but then he's like, let's go look for Ashley together. When's the last time you had fun? Don't say band camp, which was like a It was so thing. funny because as soon as he said, when's the last time you had fun? I was like, <laughs> band camp. And then he's yeah. like, don't say band camp. Okay. Ashley's at the bus stop. Yeah. Who is this blonde kid who looks This blonde so kid old. approaches. This is my note on this. His name, we find out his name is Thomas, but he approaches. Wait, we already have a Tom. We can't have a Thomas too. I don't know what to tell you. Brenda. <laughs> so <laughs> this is my note on Thomas approaching Ashley. Some adult is like, yes, we both go to middle school together. <laughs> yes. No, it's. He fully looks like. um. He looks older than I do. Uh, Jesse McCartney. Jesse's ignoring me. I am. Um, you just, you just, I, I tuned you out <laughs> the second has... you brought Jesse McCartney. McCartney. <laughs> Jesse has iced me out. I'm doing the rest of the episode by myself. Ashley and Thomas introduce each other. Ashley's like, I've never seen you at school before. And Thomas is like, guess I haven't made that big of an impression. And Ashley says, sorry, I've been distracted. My 15-year-old sister is pregnant. And he's like, you know what? I'll raise you one better. My dog just died. She's She was 17. That is so much harder. So Thomas offers Ashley a cigarette. Yes. And, <laughs> and Ashley's like, like, sure, why not? Yes, I'm going to take... Never mind, I'm making this joke later in the pod. Cut this. She puts the cigarette to her lips as an homage to Augustus. No, don't say it. I have this joke lined up for a different situation, okay? Okay. <laughs> I have it teed up and you're going to laugh because it's so funny. Okay. Never mind. So she has a cig. She doesn't even light it up. But George and Amy, of course, roll up right then. 
and Amy is a narc and is like, she's smoking? Which, you know what? She's trying to have a baby, okay? That's actually valid to be concerned that there's going to be smoke in the household or something. But George doesn't give a shit. He's like, are you taking the bus to school? Okay, bye. And just, like, drives off. Which cements my theory that George is a terrible father. Yes. Horrible. Then Ashley says to Thomas, that was my dad. And Thomas goes, does he smoke? (laughs) Which is just a funny, like, little thing. And then... Ashley is like, no, and also I don't want to smoke because I don't want to get lung cancer. And then Thomas takes her cigarette and puts both cigarettes away. It's very cute how, like, he's just carrying around cigarettes to, like, bond with people. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't really want lung cancer either. I'll put them both back. He's very sweet. He is kind of a sweetheart. I think he's fully an adult, but he's a sweetheart. Thomas asks Ashley if she wants to skip school. And she's like, yeah, I want to skip school for four and a half years. And he's like, I meant with me. And she's like, yeah, I understand, but I'm going to go to school. She doesn't want to smoke or skip school, which is just like, she's... She's a little straight edge. She's a little responsible, babe. She seems to have turned the bitch corner. Counterpoint. She has not. Okay. Well, I hate her in this episode and in the next one a little bit. She says she can't skip school because she's meeting someone at the bus stop. we go back to george and amy in the car and george is like she's not smoking i know my girls and and amy is just like uh you thought i wasn't gonna have sex and he's like you know what i knew you were gonna have sex i just wish that you had waited until you were on birth control and in a committed relationship till you had sex which honestly you had sex when you were 15 and you got pregnant again we stand a progressive icon because you know he George you can't even finish that. <laughs> George isn't saying you need to wait until, you know, like the big sitcom dad thing was like, you know, oh, you can start dating after you're married or you can't get married until you're 30. You know, like it was always like policing the daughter's sexuality so much that he's like, the only time you can ever have sex is 10 years after you get married, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but here he's saying, I didn't want you to wait till you're married. I wanted you to wait until you were in a committed relationship on birth control and like old enough to know the proper ways to take care of yourself so once more progressive icon george jurgens george jurgens 2024 is what i'm saying all i'm saying is if any of our listeners are really creative and you wanted to make a george jurgens fan cam i would retweet it i am gonna change the password to her twitter okay so what did i say i guess amy what the fuck I guess Amy was really horny or massively taken advantage of because I don't know a lot of 14 slash 15 year olds having one night stands. Even Adrian and Ricky sleep together regularly. That's just a side bar. That has nothing to do with anything we're talking. That's just like a note about the show, period. (laughs) But (laughs) you didn't know 14 year olds who were like having one night stands. (laughs) I actually exclusively had one night stands from ages 14 to 15. I only had one night stands from 13 on. No, I will say I was really into monogamy when I was 12. And then I just realized maybe that wasn't for me. You know, maybe being with one person all the time isn't great. So then I I pivoted to one night stands at 13, kept that going until maybe 16, went back to ethical non-monogamy, wasn't entirely satisfied. So at at 16, I pivoted to unethical non-monogamy and I've been with that ever since. Jesse is currently. I'm currently cheating, cheating on, on seven people. By the way, this is a joke, but also if you're one of the people I'm talking to, maybe watch your back. God, 
I just got lightheaded. I laughed so hard. Okay. I hope this episode is entertaining. That's the thing. We have to be extra entertaining. Because this this episode of the show, I almost fell asleep. I've never done that before. I almost fell asleep while driving, while watching (laughs) this episode and taking notes. Anyway, moving on. George tells Amy to stop being a victim. Good, good message. Honestly, yeah. Because in a way she is a victim in this situation, but also she's needs to like within this though he is talking to amy about stop playing the victim in her relationship with ben yes not in general well that's the thing is a good of all the situations that amy has gotten herself into she's a a victim in potentially one and we still don't even know we're gonna get there are we really i'm so afraid i don't want to know what happened at ben camp flashback episode is it this season yeah it's how many more before this episodes are there the season finale a lot oh we have over 100 to go i'm out of this season don't ever bring that to me again <laughs> i rebuke that in the name of the lord <laughs> so okay they're gonna go find ben and then amy's like ben doesn't want to see me he's ignoring my calls and then she like starts crying, not actually, but she's like, I only wanted to have sex with one guy for my whole life. That sounds boring as hell. Um, yeah, as an uneth- unethical non-monogamist, I can tell you that's not fun. So she's like, I'm going to fix this. If I'm with Ricky, then I will be with someone that with the person that I had sex with for the first time forever. I understand her logic. I don't agree with it. Well, I agree with it. If the one time they had sex was as good as all the times that Adrian and Ricky have had sex. I don't think so because she didn't even know what was happening. That's true. George really plays up the fact that Amy and Ben are married and she's like, it wasn't real. And he's like, you know what? It was real. George. Why does everyone keep doing this? It was obviously a fake wedding. You know, it's a fake wedding. Everyone know it's fake. George is like, you need to stop talking to Ricky. You know what would be more fun than fighting with you right now if you went to school and, like, takes her to school, I guess. See, that's what I was wondering if that was his plan all along was to say, like, oh, let's have some fun. And then he was going to take her to school. I mean, that's kind of shitty. If you told me to go to school and I didn't have, like, my backpack or anything, I'd be pretty upset. Oh, and you know that. Wait, no. I was going to say, you know, the teachers will be upset when you don't have your assignments. But there aren't teachers at this school, so she's probably fine. Okay, we're moving. We're We're moving moving to the weirdest subplot I've seen in my life. Yes. (laughs) we're at the bowman household kathleen gives grace birth control pills very weird because you need a prescription for that you need to see a doctor you can't just give someone birth control where did you can if you're kathleen bowman i mean i wonder if i think she stole it from dr bowman (laughs) she's just writing prescriptions for birth control um and grace is like why are you giving me this and kathleen is like grace you left not a single condom you left condoms on your bathroom which i will say is a condom move yeah also this is the thing the show loves to do where there's like a smoking gun seven episodes ago and then by the time you forget about it they bring it up again it's like the lazy dater thing from last episode it i think the condoms might have been before the mid-season finale yeah it was before the mid-season finale it was such a long callback it was just say no when they made the banana bread no, the snickerdoodles, not the banana bread. That was the mid-season finale. So that's like four months ago, we have to remember. Oh my God, it's so funny. She's like, I'm not using condoms. And Kathleen is like, bitch. <laughs> she's like, fuck? what? You're not using condoms? And then she's like, no, 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 I'm not using condoms because I'm I'm not having sex. Like if I was yeah. having sex, I would, I, w- I would use a condom, I promise. But then she like, is like, can I keep these? 
and Kathleen is like, Grace, you need, are we on the same page? I do not want you to have sex until you're married. I think it's wrong. And Grace is like, yeah, me too. And if I'm thinking about having sex, I'll come talk to you. And Kathleen is like, yes, but also don't have sex. Yes. And Grace um, is like, thank you so much for the birth control. Yes. So we go to the school. Adrian and Grace are walking together in the hallway. And Grace is like, I need to tell you something. And she whispers in Adrian's ear twice. And Adrian's like, I can't hear you. It's a loud hallway. And Grace shouts that she has birth control pills. The way that she talks about birth control pills throughout this whole episode is she's like, I'm not on them. I just have them in case I need them. Which is like, then why are you telling people? That's not the way birth control works. Like for it to be effective, you have to take it every day. It's oh not yeah, you like, can't straight up take a pill. It's not like plan B. But okay. Imagine if her mother gave her plan B. That's like... <laughs> Progressive. Yeah. And she, you know what? Well. She's no George Jurgen, so I wouldn't expect that from her. She actually broke up with George because he was too progressive. Yeah, she was like, oh, are you kidding me? He was like, there's this gay guy who works with me and that queen lives like a king. Oh, you think women deserve equal rights? I can't agree. Actually, I don't want to slander Kathleen like that. I love Kathleen. Ricky comes up and Grace tells him to... They can understand telling Adrian because like, they're friends and neither of them understand how like friendship works. So they just tell each other like weird stuff. And they just had like their big bonding moment recently. Um, I don't know why you would tell Ricky unless you're trying to take it to pound town. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what Grace is saying. Cause all of a sudden she's interested in sex. And then Ricky is like, well, you should also use condoms and those are important even with birth control. And Grace is like, thanks for telling me Ricky. And then Adrian is like very upset at the tension between Ricky and Grace because Ricky is trying to park that big Mack truck right in her little garage. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Dear Jesus. Please forgive me for that one. Ricky asks Adrian if she's still dating her brother. And she finally corrects him and says, yes, but he's my stepbrother. We've never lived in the same house. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Then Grace is trying to flirt with Ricky. And Adrian is still mad about Ricky and Amy because he says something about our son. And she's like, our son, are you with, are you and Amy a couple now? God, Adrian, I love you to death, but you need to figure out your priorities in a relationship. You need to figure out if you want to be with Ricky. You need to figure out what you're worth in a relationship. Well, that's the thing. You we find out a lot of things about Adrian yes, in, in this episode. and in next in both episodes. So then Adrian is mad. Grace is still interested in Ricky. Grace is being such a bitch at this point. <laughs> She is being such a bitch like, because Adrian's like, we promised that neither of us were going to go after him. And she's like, yeah, but that was when he wasn't interested in neither of us. Like, if he wants me to date him, I'm going to date him. Yeah. And Adrian is like, well, I'm going to go on a date with my brother tonight. And then I'm going to call Ricky and invite him over to have sex. Why? Because I can tell you why, but you don't want to hear about how Adrian's toes curl anymore. I don't. <laughs> So <laughs> Jack comes up to Grace and Jack like heard that she's on the pill because everyone fucking yeah, knows within now, even though seconds. she's not on it, she literally just physically owns birth control pills. But the thing is like and how did Jack get that information so fast? It has been one 30 second scene and Jack immediately walks up and he's like, hmm, birth control, huh? Joe Hampton is running a Grace Bowman Discord channel. <laughs> Jack preaches that Grace 
out. Preaches is the perfect word for this. Yeah, he literally preaches at her and he's like, you know, what will keep you from having sex? And it's not birth control and it's not a purity ring. It's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, mutual belief in Jesus Christ. Which also, not true. Every Christian I know that had sex before marriage, they had a mutual belief in Jesus Christ. They also had a mutual belief that they wanted to bone. Grace asks... If Jack is having sex and he's like, whoa, 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 No? <laughs> yeah, because she's basically like, how do you know anything about birth control? And he's like, just don't have sex, please. <laughs> also, Jack is so... We're talking about you right now. We're not talking about yes, me. Jack... That's how purity culture That is so true, actually. What the man is doing. Like, him and Sean are fucking like right i think they're just kissing no i think it's like canon are they i thought they weren't going to because that's you know statutory rape yes okay but i don't think his interactions with shauna are 100 percent above the belt pure. above his belt maybe above hers <laughs> jack is so peripherally involved in everything that's happening like just cut the character babe like we don't need this brenda <laughs> He has not interacted with the main cat. He has his own separate spinoff going on within the bounds of the show. So Jack then walks away from Grace and he flirts with like three random girls. He's just like, who we've never seen before. Yes. So then Ricky comes up to Grace and preaches that she shouldn't spread it all over school, that she has birth control pills because he wants to seem like the good guy because he again wants to park that Big Mac truck right in her little garage. Mm. Yeah. He's like, I want to call you later, but I don't want to give you the wrong idea sure ricky yeah sure and grace is like call me anytime please so adrian watches grace and ricky interacting and then to ricky afterward as an aside he, she's like you're gonna try to have sex with her and then oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god my heart strings she's like did you ever oh. even care about me the way that you care about amy or grace like, did, did you ever have those feelings about me? That was heartbreaking. Me? That honestly, I, the way she brings me back into the show every time was something that will, like, tear me to pieces. Honestly, the best actor on the show, hands oh down. Gosh. Francia Reza, her performance is very consistent. So Ricky says, yes, I did care about you. And it was nothing that you did. And it's the baby that changed things for him. She says that Ricky doesn't have to be with Amy for the baby. And that he can be involved with the baby without being with Amy. Which is right. It's just a very hard conversation. Which then we, you know, jump from that to a conversation I wish I never had to see or hear. Which is Ben and Ashley meeting at the bus stop. Ben's dad dropped him off at school, so then he had to wait for his driver to circle around and drive him Disgusting. to the bus stop. And Ashley is, like, also holding on to the wedding. She's like, you guys got married. I was a witness at your wedding. And Ben is just being a little bitch. He just, like, refuses to take up space and say what he wants. That is not how you have an effective relationship. Well, that's the crazy thing, because he always does that, but he always inserts himself, and he always gets his way, and he always, like gives weird ultimatums and like i just don't understand because now he's trying to act like he's the good guy in this situation it's like no you've never once listened to what amy wants or what amy has said ashley's like is everyone stupid but me that's a direct quote and the answer absolutely yes no see this is the problem now because now you're on the side of ashley trying to reunite ben and amy who are 
should not be together. But here's the thing. If Ben and Amy don't want to be together, that's fine. I support that 100%. I support Ben being in a cornfield getting hit <laughs> by you driving a Jeep. Support, support Ben support. happening to be walking along when I come out of nowhere and plow through him with my Jeep. I support that. I support them not being together. I love that for both of them. But the way that this conflict has happened is has been so unproductive and passive aggressive and weird and and not helpful there's been no closure and so like i'm with ashley like if ben wants to have a conversation about this just fucking do it don't don't ignore amy's calls don't leave her in this weird limbo area Where she's expected to do all the work as again the 15 year old pregnant girl who's going through a lot right now yeah and also like it's not even like amy like fucked ricky again Amy literally, literally had a conversation with Ricky about the baby that they created together. And Ben just made up this narrative that now Amy wants to date Ricky. And it's like, well, if you want to date Ricky, I'm going to take myself out of the equation. When did she say that? She literally wanted to have a logistics meeting with the father of her child, who she's trying to convince to either help her raise the child or... Give it up for adoption. She didn't tell him because why does he need to know that? And he just decided that all of a sudden she wants to have his baby. And like they did get married, whatever that looks like. But they did say vows to each other. So it's like the least you can do is not just like shrink away and be like, you know, like I'm going to take myself out of this equation. Just have a conversation. If you want to break up with Amy, fucking well, break that's up the with thing. Her. Like, do it the right way. He refuses way. to have a conversation. Like he refuses to ever ask her. He puts all these things in her head, decides that they're true, and then punishes her for them. And even ugh. so, I'm with Ashley in that I can see the big picture. Amy is making all of her decisions right now about the adoption about Ricky, about Donovan and Leon, about going to school based off of Ben right now. And so Ashley is like, you need to fix this so that way Amy can move on with her life. That is true. Everyone is stupid except for her. Moving on. Now do we need to get to the fucking murder that happens next? (laughs) So before, remember how we talked about how Ricky's therapist took HIPAA out back and shot her in the yeah, head. Yeah, well, apparently he didn't do a good enough job because now he has run over her with his car. He has dragged her into the car, <laughs> driven it to the dump, put it in the trash compactor, and now he's pissing on the lump of metal that contains the remains of Hippa. <laughs> and Anne, you know, literally took a shit on Ricky earlier, and she comes by and she takes another shit on, on Hippa and Ricky. Because she goes to the therapist's office and she's like, hey, can we talk about Ricky, but off the record? And the therapist is like, off the record doesn't really exist. Also, like, no. What the fuck do you mean off the record? You mean you don't want your words recorded? Like, that's not how this, that phrase is used. No. Um, like, this shouldn't have even been a conversation. As soon as she mentioned Ricky, the therapist should have been like, it is time for you to leave my office. You're not even supposed to say that he's a patient. Like, you can't... No! It's so fucked up. 
Anne is like, listen, I'm concerned because I think Ricky is going to fuck up this adoption. I think he's only interested in Amy for the baby. Like, what? all the shit, right? And the therapist is like, well, I can't really discuss patience. But if that is your gut feeling, you should trust your gut feeling. And then to cover his ass, he's like, that's what I would tell everyone. Always trust your gut. And then she says something more. And he's like, go back to that. What, what did you just say? That sounds like a really good point. He does literally everything except like showing um, Anne his fucking case notes on Ricky. This sucks. It's so shitty. So that fucking sucks. So, so now we go to Ricky and Amy. It's after band. And he's like, the adults are talking. Kicks everyone out of the band room to have a frank conversation with Amy to talk about that night. There are better places to do this. I'm just going to say it. I said Ricky is literally trying to fuck her. By making her feel bad. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> um, and then he's also like, I hope we can be friends forever because we're going to be tied by the sun. So we're always going to be in each other's lives. He's so playing this up for attention because we know that he's being manipulative. I honestly didn't even read the manipulation. I just thought he was genuinely like nervous. Well, I don't know. He might be nervous, but he is being manipulative based on his conversation with his therapist. But he's like, should I dress up tonight? I feel like I'm going on a job interview. And Amy is like, no, just be yourself. And he's like, yeah, whoever that is, which Mm. (laughs) Ricky. uh... Okay. You know who didn't know the answer to that? Brenda fucking Hampton. Yeah, true. So then we go to Max and Adrian at her apartment. And Max brings her flowers, which is cute. Max is really growing on me. I have more to say about him in the next episode. I almost cried during like this, like ostensibly comedic thing where like he's saying to Adrian, like, Oh, I have brought you flowers. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're not courting me. And he's like, honestly, I kind of am like, I want to get to know you. I want to talk to you. I want to, you said that you loved getting flowers, but no one ever brought them to you. And she's like, wait, do you listen when I talk? (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, so casually heartbreaking to hear her talk yeah. about like all the very bare minimum things that he's doing as if they're like uncommon or like that she's never experienced someone who like values her as a person. It's so, yeah. Max is what Ben thinks he is, but in a much better yeah. way where he's like, I want to take you on a date. I want to go to a movie where it's dark. I want to hold your hand. I want to make out maybe a little bit. I want to take you to a late dinner and I want to drop you off and I want to kiss you goodnight. And she's like, she doesn't she's know like, how to do this. Oh, I get it. You're gay. Yeah. You she's brought like, me flowers and you don't want to have sex to me. You're uh, sex with me. You're obviously a homosexual. Poor Adrian. She does not know her worth. Ugh. She doesn't. And I didn't realize it until now. You know what I mean? Like, I know. Who was I she, thinking she was just like this boss ass empowered bitch? And, like, really, she's just, like... Well, here's the thing. But the thing thing is, she can be both, but... Yeah, I think she is very healthily sexually liberated. I think that's wonderful for her. But she also doesn't realize that there should be benefits besides the sex if she wants them. Yeah, and I do think she was under the impression that she was engaging with Ricky in a relationship. No, she thought dating was he would come and sleep with me every now and then, and then he'd leave. Especially now, like, she's a little bit more fucked up because he's like, honestly, I did care about you, and he still treated her super shitty. Yeah. Regardless. So she, yeah, she asks if her dad put him up to this, and he's like, fuck no, your dad does not know where I am. And then they go on, like, a little date. Adorable. Um, I think we hear more about from them later. But 
Then we go back to the Bowman household. Tom is like washing dishes or something. And Grace is on the phone with some guy who wants to fuck her. She says, no, she doesn't know who he is. And she doesn't like costumes. What was that? (laughs) That was hot. That was cool. I don't know who that guy is, but I'd like him to call me. Kathleen comes in and is like, go to Tammy's, Tom. And Tom is like, I've been there every night this week and you said I couldn't go. And she's like, what's one more night? Go. Like, leave. I need to talk to Grace. And he's like, I want to be around. This sounds like a good one. I know. He's so good. So Kathleen is like, I think it might have been a mistake to give you birth control pills, especially if you don't need them. And Grace is like, I love I them. love them i love having them it's just so empowering to take the thing that could kill you and put it in your mouth but then not give it the power to kill you you know i was waiting <laughs> to see where it was gonna come out <laughs> this is the per- i have it in my notes because it's like the perfect metaphor <laughs> it is because she's literally yeah. saying like this reminds me that i could be having sex and i could be doing it safely but it makes it so much more real that you know sex is this time where you like get naked and you're all hot and sweaty and you're rolling around on the floor and he bites your bra with his teeth and you're just you're just uh, mm, you need a bucket and a mop afterwards and it just makes it so much real that like you're turning into the gyrating Yeah, she straight up is so horny. This is the horniest I've ever seen anyone and Kathleen's just like are we going somewhere with this? Yeah, her mom was like, you got all of that from these pills? And I'm hoping I'll get more someday. It's so weird, so uncomfortable. Okay, another guy calls her to, like, position himself to date her, have sex with her, whatever. We go to Duncan and Jack. Jack shows up to Duncan's house. Duncan is like, are you here to see Shauna? And Jack is like, no, of course not. I'm here to see you. I'm here to see you, adult (laughs) 14-year-old. And Duncan is like, I am not a fucking idiot. I'm a grown ass man. I know that you and Sean are fucking. But Duncan makes this whole play of like asking what Jack's intentions are. This seems like a full 180 from last episode where Duncan literally told Shauna like, hey, just a reminder, you are 20 dating a 16 year old. Don't go to prison. And now Duncan is like, what are your intentions with my sister? I condone this relationship as long as, you know, your motives are pure or whatever. But does he really? It is, you know, like he's taking on the father role because they don't have parents, I guess. And Jack is like, I don't know what my intentions are. Prom, I guess. Which is very... Kind of adorable. This brings us back to the age. Yes, kind of adorable. This brings us back to the reminder that Jack is 16 years old. Yes, Jack is a child with the body of a man. Jack... Then is like, since I'm already here, do you want to do something? And Duncan is like, oh, that's how it is. I'm kidding. Blah, blah, blah. But that is shitty. Like, Jack, just be upfront about the reason why you yeah. were there. We go to the awkward meeting between Donovan, Leon, Ricky, and Amy. And Anne sitting in the kitchen craning her neck like it's going to yes. break. So Ricky's foster mom is Donovan and Leon's social worker. So Ricky is like really playing up the like, I'm in foster care. My foster parents are so wonderful. No one wants to take older kids because we have so many problems, especially when our parents are drug addicts and child molesters. Which it kind of (laughs) works. Yes, it does work. It is sweet that he recognizes that like his foster parents are unique people, are sweet people because nobody would really look at him and take him yeah. in. I want to explore that relationship more. Like I, I want more of his foster parents. I've I want over a hundred episodes left. I'm sure it'll get touched on. I, I hope so. 
I said, I get it. Ricky is trying to make them feel bad for not taking in an older kid. That's where my brain went. I didn't have it as like, Ricky's trying to show how fucked up he is. He's trying to like guilt them for taking a seemingly perfect baby when there are so many fucked up kids who need homes. That's not, I am not saying kids who are in foster care need homes. I am quoting Ricky in that situation. Yeah, it felt to me that like first he went with the like, I'm so fucked up um, tactic. And then he saw it wasn't working. And then he was like, he angled it. So like, it's amazing. There are so many kids out there who are like me and suffering and older, but no one wants to adopt them. And like, everyone wants these perfect white babies. Moving on. Anne is in the kitchen and she blames Ashley for Ricky sabotaging. Where does Anne get off blaming Ashley for someone else's actions? I don't understand. I'm done with Anne. She made a shitty looking cake too. That's all I'll say. I think Donovan and Leon made that cake. It looked disgusting. Donovan and Leon leave. Oh my God. And then they sit in their car. They immediately call Ricky screwed up in the car, which is fucked up. Then they don't want the baby anymore. And they absolutely do not want an open adoption, which is shitty too. Um, And they're going to go back to their foster kids and fight for them. It's a good message, but fucked up at the same time because they have to like say that Ricky is screwed up. So they're going to take in these screwed up kids or whatever. And it's like, being in foster care does not mean you're screwed up. If you went through the system and have issues, it's totally understandable. But that doesn't mean that you have in- issues. You know, it's like a... It's not inherent. We go across town. It's the end of the day. Max is dropping Adrian off at home and walking her to the door. And Adrian had a good time. Ugh, I love her. Mm. Ricky calls her because... Remember how before she was like, I'm going to go on a date with Max and then I'm going to fuck Ricky. Well... She did not invite Ricky over, but then Ricky, you know, wants sex because he's like over his thing where he was like, I'm not going to sleep with you anymore. At the end of last episode, he's like fully 180 back to needing sex from Adrian. And she hangs up on Ricky calling Finally, I've been waiting for this moment. And then Ricky calls Grace and Grace Grace doesn't even answer. She's like, oh, wrong number. Which is funny because she's been answering all these other randos. I know, and... I don't know what happened that made Grace change her mind. Grace, who was famously, like... I think it was just, like, her mom was there. Okay, we are finishing up at the Jurgens household. This is the last little bit. This is so violent. George and Anne are in the kitchen. George literally forgot to talk to Donovan and Leon afterward. He was just like, oh, shit. I knew I was forgetting something. George sucks. Um... And then George says that Ben's going to come by and that Ashley was smoking at the bus stop. He's like, you should pay more attention to your children. Bro, shut the fuck up. Leaving out the fact that he saw her smoking at the bus stop and then left her to do it. Also, she was holding an unlit cigarette. Wrong, also. She was holding it wrong. (laughs) So then Amy comes in for cake. This nasty ass cake. In a nightgown. Not even a cute nightgown. Someone said something about how Ben's going to come by. And Amy's like, no, like he's mad at me or whatever. And she's so sad that he won't and come then, by. And then the door knocks. And she's like, she are says, you I'm gonna fucking kill him. kidding me? And she's like, bro, you could come by, but you can't answer one of my 37 phone calls. Like, more like a million than 37, wouldn't you think? Read the room, yeah, Ben. Um, he asks if he can come in. And Ashley says yes from like the kitchen or whatever. And Amy just turns around and yells at the house. Can't I have 
one private minute in this house. I said, she's so mad and for what? <laughs> I mean, I get it, but Ben is obviously trying to make things right. He lays down the law. He's like, I will share baby. I will not share you. Great. That was gross to me, actually. Amy, like, She's not your property, Ben. Shut up. Amy is like, I'm mad at you. And Ben's like, you'll get over it because he got over his anger. So naturally, everyone is the exact same person as Ben. Also, his anger was completely unfounded. Of course he got over it. Amy did nothing wrong. I know. So then Amy's like, why the fuck are you angry? You knew I was pregnant from the start with someone else's baby, which is true. And then Amy asks for time to think about it. And Ben's like, no, like you got to let someone love you. And it can't be Ricky. <laughs> and then Ben's like, I know my opinion is unnecessary. Yeah, uh, then don't yeah. share it. If you have to start with that caveat, you don't share your opinion. I know. But then he proceeds to give it anyway. That he doesn't want the baby adopted. He wants them to get married when they can. And, to, and he wants to be a stepfather. Weird dream for a 15 year old to be like oh you know what one day i want to be a stepfather and ashley and her parents are just like spying and then ben kisses her and then he says she loves him and then she puts his hands on her belly bump pretty high on her belly bump like it looked like he was gonna be grabbing some you know <laughs> some titties i can't say that word i don't say that word <laughs> Um, unless it's in regards to Martina McBride's Independence Day. <laughs> no, that what really pissed me off about this scene is like Ben keeps on saying things that I hate him for, where he's like planning out their future and like basically not giving her any choice in her own life. And the music that plays behind it is like like it's the most romantic thing in the world. And I'm like, no, this is gross, yeah. disgusting, and unhealthy. God, I hate this show. I actually, I, I mean, the thing is. I enjoy the show. I do. I think we should make this clear. We enjoy the show, I think. I, I can't speak for you. but Tell everybody in my life about Secret Life of the No, American it's ruined Teenager. some of my relationships because it's all podcast. I talk about. Wait, you do? Where do you think I could follow that on social media? On TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, at your two gay friends. You can follow me on Twitter for a limited time because I might be deactivating for my birthday. At Gluten Monster. The Owen Monster is a zero. You can follow Jesse at GoJesse2K20. But I do, like, I enjoy the show. The messaging of the show, some of it is really good. Yes. But they don't lean into some messages enough. They lean and they too hard. lean too far into other things. Yes. Like, I don't think it's a good show, but I like it. I'm drawn to it. I enjoy, I enjoy doing the podcast. I love talking about it. The only part of this process that, like, drags for me sometimes is watching it, but... It's only for certain episodes. Like, this episode was very hard for me. The next episode, I was delighted and titillated most of the time. Like, this is a show that was never meant to stand any sort of criticism or to be thought about in any sort of deep way. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I don't have any, like, super sustained thoughts on this show. I just think my parents not letting me watch this show growing up was a choice comparatively to like other things that I was watching. Yes. God, I don't have anything else to say about this. I, this episode was so much. Okay. Yeah. This was episode 18. It is what it is. Hope anyway, you had fun. We had fun. We want to say hi to Elizabeth who sent us an email. Oh my gosh. Email. Such a nice email. We want to say hi to Grace who left us a review. I hope you have a wonderful day. 
and that you see <laughs> I hope you see someone drive into a cornfield immediately after trying to drive their car out of the wrong garage door <sighs> anyway love you have a wonderful yes. don't day. take any wooden Goodbye. nickels we love you goodbye